0: Welcome to the FedHeads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the FedHeads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to another episode of FedHeads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. We're doing this on Skype as we have done a bunch of these over the last couple of weeks. And it's nice to see you and it's nice to see that you're working from home. I'm doing this from home. And we're just, we kind of, I feel like we figured out a rhythm for all of this. Is that, do you think that's fair?
1: I definitely think so. You know, having to bounce from different technology platform to different technology platform throughout the day is a bit of a challenge. But we'll get the hang of it. And I think people are getting a rhythm. But, uh, people are also going to increasingly be itching to go back to the office, get a little actual human interaction. Yeah. But I couldn't be more pleased that you and I get to spend time together so regularly.
0: I know. It's pretty great. and Because one of the things that I feared I would like the most is not having to be around anybody. (laughs) And so I I was afraid that I would really get to enjoy it. And I found that these kinds of interactions and go and do the TV show every day, because I'm still going in to do that, force me to be around other people. And and for my long-term benefit, it's good for me. You know. My
1: my wife says my daughter Mimi has been rehearsing for quarantining for most of her <laughs> life.
0: Yeah, I have found that a couple of my neighbors seem to really enjoy it a lot more than they probably should. But that's, you know, to each his own or her own. We're all different. Everybody's all different. different. A lot of things still going on. Something you and I talked about a number of weeks ago now that I think is really important to consider is that there are some parallels in all of this to the shutdowns that the government underwent in the last several years. But it's also completely dramatically different in one very important respect, and that is the missions of all these organizations continue. And I wonder what you think of the idea that, for example, when we talk about stuff on the television show, we're transitioning away from how is this or that organization focusing on responding to COVID-19 and we're moving more toward what's the new normal look like or what's the next normal look like is the phrase that I like to use because I think we're going to have all these different normals from now on. So what's the next normal look like? What are you learning from this crisis that you can apply to some other situation in the future or to whatever that next normal looks like, that kind of thing? Do you think we're at the right time to start to do that?
1: I think the sooner we start doing that, the better able we will be to really reflect on what lessons we've learned Mm -hmm. and apply them, right? Clearly, the greater reliance on technology is evident to anybody. And so we should reflect on how well our systems work, what could we do, what what could we have done better? You
0: told me a couple of weeks ago about the work that went into the after action reports on Katrina, Uh, I know the same thing happened after Rita, same thing happened after Sandy. Uh, obviously, nine eleven, the other big hairy things that the federal government's responded to over the years. What do you think should be in the after-action report for the way that an individual organization or the federal government, as an enterprise, responded to COVID nineteen?
1: Well, I I think first of all, a congressional commission of individuals who are well respected and represent bipartisan interests ought to be stood up again as soon as possible to take a serious look at the pandemic what we could have done to be better prepared and what we can do to be better prepared in the future as far as the specific organization is concerned they've got real impacts to real uh, people and families and so you can reflect on how well they got their work accomplished what policies need to be in place in the future so that they can pivot to this situation more quickly. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're going to have to uh, create a whole new work environment. We're probably going to need more square feet per person in the future, and we're going to have to employ practices that ensure greater safety in order for people to feel comfortable enough to come back into the office. Those are things that can be implemented immediately based on, a little reflection on how things have gone so far.
0: So the footprint piece is interesting to me because I think virtually nobody pays attention to the federal real estate uh, footprint the way that they should. It strikes me that while the space per person will probably need to be greater and maybe significantly greater, especially for the short term, it strikes me that for the long term, the overall square footage should be significantly smaller because... I mean, the the last number I saw was like 75 to 80% of the workforce is working remotely. And while we have heard of some incidents of difficulty with access to networks and things like that, they've been more triage incidents rather than long-term structural defects, structural problems that can't be fixed. And so it strikes me that there's going to be a whole bunch of people coming back to work and saying here's exhibit A as to why I was more productive when I was working from home why can't I do this at least some or most of the time if not all the time and so at some point it makes sense for the the federal government at an OMB level or GSA level to say we just don't need all this space anymore why are we paying for this?
1: I agree we've really stretched what can be accomplished outside of the office we've proven that Maybe maybe not most, but a damn well lot of what the government does can be accomplished with a remote workforce. Again, convincing that workforce that they need to come into the office every day is going to be harder. Mm -hmm. And we are going to have to make accommodations for them. I will say we need to come to some, I don't know if standardization is the right word, but be able to improve the ease with which you can rely on technology, not only to have a conference call, but but to, to go to the whiteboard, to help brainstorm, to have smaller group meetings, really large group meetings. I think the technology has been fantastic, but we've also proven some develop potential developments that could really enhance the experience.
0: But don't you think that with as eager as those technology companies are to sell stuff, to the government that when that demand exists, I'm not sure any of the things that you just laid out there would take very long for really agile, really nimble companies to, to be, to be able to develop because they will know that, They're not just something that they can sell to the government. It's not like a traditional waterfall project where the department of fill-in-the-blank says we want to commission brand-new software that nobody's ever used before and nobody else is going to use to have a meeting for 500 people. There's a demand for that from pretty much every sector of the economy, and it strikes me that as soon as the government is the first mover and saying we want that stuff, it's not going to be too long until we get that stuff. It's not like finding a cure for coronavirus or something.
1: That's right, and you're seeing it in real time. You're seeing some of these tools develop capabilities that yeah. competitors had so that they can keep up.
0: All right, Congress comes back to work next week, and that should be pretty... Nope, not the House. Oh, you're right. They're staying out.
1: That's right. The, uh, the majority leader announced that they're, they're putting off coming back because they're uh, concerned about the social distancing guidelines still being in place.
0: So this is an interesting conundrum because... It reminds me that last week, the mayor of the District of Columbia, Muriel Bowser, and Governor Hogan in Maryland, and Governor Northam in Virginia, wrote a letter to OMB and OPM and basically said, whatever you tell your federal employees, please don't tell them to do stuff that's contrary to what we in the jurisdictions are telling people they should do about going back to work. And I thought that was interesting because federal government's the biggest employer in the United States. And I haven't seen anything that indicates that anybody, the White House, OMB, OPM, anybody else at uh, agency level, is going to unilaterally say everybody in our agency has to come back on X date. Now, that could happen and make me look really stupid. But
1: Bless you for saying this, because one of the things that I've reflected on is that The distinction between what comes out of people's mouths (laughs) and what's actually reflected in official government actions are two different things. So
0: are you referring Um, to any one particular person, or is it just a blanket observation?
1: It's it's, um, Uh assiduously avoiding naming. You navigate out of this one, buddy. Or persons. Uh My comfort zone is in the world of OMB memoranda. You can see caution and order and reflection in the instructions that OMB has laid out to federal agencies, even though they've had to do it in record time.
0: Speaking of doing something in record time, Congress is going to have to figure out in record time how they're going to do budget markups, National Defense Authorization Act markups, every other kind of authorization markups and so on the Senate tried paperless hearings and then gave up after a period of time and I, somebody else can reflect on the success or failure of that I'm not going to I don't know enough about it but they're going to have to figure out what their next normal is too don't you think because there's still some really big rocks that got to push up the hill
1: I, I really do and those are those congressional institutions are hard to adopt new practices but i do think it behooves them to figure out ways to get the nation's business done in the middle of a global pandemic lest we lose a huge swath of our elected leadership or not get the work done those are not the only two choices Mm -hmm. we have so uh, it's perfectly reasonable to me you know the Uh, Supreme Court actually went to um, uh, virtual hearings, uh, which were um, uh, played uh, um, over the Internet for the first time. Yes. Um, So uh, we are seeing historic moves in some of these arcane institutions.
0: Arcana is what we're all about. That's right. Straight at the beginning of every single episode of this program. It's very exciting. I guess the other major takeaway from all of this of the last couple of weeks is we've had some really unfortunate situations with some IT failures. You talked about IT earlier in this conversation, Robert, and it strikes me that despite all of the work that the government has done and is doing, and we'll talk about that, by the way, plug for the next episode of the program. Suzette Kent, the Chief Information Officer of the United States, is going to be on here talking to us about that. There have been some really tough Situations, I'm trying to be diplomatic, tough situations for agencies to deal with in the response to COVID 19 and in the distribution of the benefits that Congress provided to the nation for relief and so on. The silver lining in that is Suzette, when she was on the TV show a little while ago, she said, This is a terrific opportunity. And I want to ask her about that on the program next week. But the opportunity, it seems to me, Robert, is where in the past some of the people that we've had on this program who have, are trying to do some pretty important major things to improve the way the government provides services to its citizens have been forced to talk to Congress conceptually and say, if you gave me this money, I'd be able to do this. Maybe the track record has not been that great, and maybe the concepts, or, and or, maybe the concepts have been so conceptual that it's hard for a member to say, well, do I really want to vote for $50 million for that, that I don't even know if it's going to turn out? The difference here, the opportunity here, it strikes me, is for people to be able to go to members of Congress now and say, listen... Your constituents didn't get X, fill in the blank, during the response, the distribution of money out of the CARES Act or the response to COVID-19 in this particular area. And had we had this money to do this thing, this is how it would have been different, and you would have gotten better results for your constituents. And that's, I think, tremendously powerful. You know the Hill a thousand times better than me. Is that as potentially powerful as I think it is, Robert?
1: So the short answer is yes. But let's go back and reflect on the situation we're talking about. Okay. A lot of unemployment insurance systems built on COBOL, a dying computer language, uh, Dead. are having to provide new amounts of money to historic, doesn't even begin to describe the number of increased applications for unemployment benefits. The Small Business Administration is... Their workload increased a hundredfold. They've delivered 14 years of loan volume in 14 days.
0: Yet not a 100%, a so, hundred times.
1: That's right. It's incredible. It is, it is incredible, and we should laud the public servants and the systems in which they operate for actually stepping up to that challenge. Having said that, there have been data breaches. You can't find people to fix these systems. And so I agree with you, let's not let a good crisis go to waste. Let's use this as an opportunity to say we can do better. There's more investment that can be put to really good use to ensure the government's not only prepared for regular order, but the next crisis, which inevitably is coming down the pike.
0: I'm trying to think of some good analogy like the silver lining behind the dark cloud. You just laid out What I see is the dark cloud, which is there's going to be another something like this someday, and it's probably not going to be as long as people think it's going to be. It might not be another pandemic. It might not be another public health crisis. But something really big is going to drop in our laps, and we're going to have to deal with it. And I appreciate getting your insight into the best way to try to manage out of this. The weekly check-in, you doing good? You hanging in there on all this stuff? I'm
1: doing great. Yep. Girls are great. All's well. Looking forward to another week, another month, another couple of months. Who knows?
0: Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.